Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Top of the morning to you here on Private Club Radio. We've got an exciting show. We're going to be chatting with the new chair of the National Club Association, Miss Tara Waldron. It's a great interview we have talking about the National Club Association and her plans as chairperson of the board. And before that, we're going to speak with a gentleman in Pennsylvania, Mr. Ira Berkowitz, who is going to tell us a little story about why you should never burn a bridge. It's a little short story that Ira tells about his experience in the club business, being pulled from one club to another, and I think you'll enjoy that one. Well, the new issue of Club Director Magazine is hot off the press, and if you turn to page 18, I've got a little article in there, so thanks to the NCA for including me in their premier publication. And in my article, I talk about the three ways that your club needs to evolve to stay relevant as the next generation of member is coming down the pike. So if you want to keep your doors open in 25 or 100 years from now, this is an article that you'll want to take a look at. It's available at nationalclub.org. You can get a subscription if you don't already have one. And I've also posted that article up on my LinkedIn page. If you don't subscribe to the article and you want to read it, just take a look at my post from about a week ago. That issue also features Tara Waldron, by the way. She's the face of the cover. And uh, she's getting a lot of press, which is great because she is really a standout in our industry. The other little news item is the book that I'm working on here at the office, The 16 Stories That Sell Memberships, is getting closer to publication. Thanks to all those who took a look at the book and gave me their feedback. We're trying to incorporate some of that feedback into the book. And it's interesting reading that. A lot of folks mentioned that the ideas were great, but how do you implement those ideas? That information needs to be in the book. Well, of course, that information's in my other book, The Definitive Guide to Membership Marketing. Um, but uh, we're going to try to include a little bit more implementation lessons into this book. I've also got it translated into Spanish. I'm lucky to have a few Spanish-speaking members of my team here at the Private Club Agency. It's a pretty diverse group here in the office. And we're going to try to do this book in Spanish, which would be kind of cool. There's still a little time to get a preview copy if you want to be one of the first to read it. Just reach right out to me directly, gabe at privateclubagency.com, and I'll have my folks here send you a copy of the book. That way you can have a read and put your feedback in before we finish this thing, but I'm hoping to get it done in the next month or so. The last little announcement that I want to give you is to let you know that I'm starting a little new venture over on YouTube. And if you've been following me on social media, you know I've been trying to create more video content this summer and try to be a little bit more consistent with it. And I was getting consistent, but I've kind of uh, taken my foot off the pedal because I'm really gearing up for a big new show release that's going to come to both the Golf Radio Network, this podcast network of which Private Club Radio is one of the shows, as well as a show that's really video-based and meant for YouTube. So I say all that to ask you to do me a favor. If you could go over to YouTube and just search for my name, Gabriel Aloisi, and hit the subscribe button, that would mean the world to me. I'm trying to build the subscriber list now. 
so that when the show is ready to be released, there is a nice little audience waiting for it. It's going to be very educational, but it's also going to be fun and entertaining. And I'm going to be traveling around the world to some of these golf courses that I'm visiting anyways, but just taking a little bit deeper of a dive. And I'd love to share some of those insights with you on the channel. So please go over to YouTube, just search for my name or just type in A-L-U-I-S-Y, my last name. It should come up. And please do hit the subscribe button. That would mean the world to me. All right, that's it for announcements. We're going to take you over to our first interview, Mr. Ira Berkowitz. Enjoy. My next guest is Ira Berkowitz. He is the general manager at Spring Ford Country Club in Royersford, Pennsylvania. Ira, how are you today? I'm terrific, Gabe. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. I'd love for you to give us a, a little bit of your background because it's a pretty unique story. Well, yeah, I think it is in the club management industry. I uh, actually uh, was previously a professional musician. That's what I majored in uh, through school and college. I'm a tenor saxophone player. I had my own band playing weddings, barn bat mitzvahs, all types of parties from 73 uh, to 1992. Uh, also, during that time period, met my wife. We've been married over 40 years at a large restaurant that we both managed and did the catering department. And in 1992, um, that particular venue did close down. And I said, let me pursue uh, hospitality further and actually looked in the newspaper prior to the Internet jobs and found the uh, assistant manager position available at a country club in the suburbs of Philadelphia and did the interview and was hired. And that was my uh, welcome to the club manager industry, Yeah, which uh, took a little while for me to uh, figure it out, maybe a few months. But thank goodness there's the Club Managers Association and our local chapter out here, the Philadelphia and vicinity chapter. Yep. I was able to join and through the education, talking to the other folks who did this position, um, it really became clear to me what type of industry I'm in. And as Greg Patterson had put it at one of my first conferences, you're in the happiness business. So <laughs> that's right. here I am. Yeah, that's really cool. I'd love to hear, um, you've got a great story for us about not burning bridges. But before we go there, I'd love to hear about what that transition was like from the restaurant business uh, into the club management business, and what were some of the key uh, challenges that you had to overcome professionally, and maybe some advice you'd give for other people looking to make that transition? Well, that's a great question because the restaurant business versus the club business, and I joke these days where they say, oh, where's your restaurant at the club? I say, well, we really don't have one. We have member dining, and that's what I find is the biggest difference in the aspect of a membership-owned country club where you are catering to your members, their guests. They're here all the time. I put on a lot of hours. Sometimes I think some of them are here more than me. That's a joke. (laughs) But um, it's still part of the entertainment business to me, too. Being uh, a band leader in country clubs, you're entertaining all the time. So I do find the similarities uh, unique, to say the least. Sure. How about some of the, um, what in terms of your business skill set did you have to own making that transition? Well, like I said, being uh, the having the club chapter, uh, Philadelphia and vicinity education 
events uh, locally and at conferences available to us. Basically, it was the mindset adjustment of the environment. And I've now been in the uh, club industry for 27 years. But fortunately, and you know the turnover in this business is the infamous uh, two and a half years, I've only been to three clubs. And the first, as the assistant manager, I wasn't looking to make a move. But a friend of mine said, let me have your resume. There's a club closer to your home uh, called Springport Country Club. This is back in 93. And his boss was a member here. And the, the thing was that they were building in addition to the clubhouse to double the size of the facility. And that it's so close to me, uh, 12-minute ride, that it'd be worth for me to possibly get an interview here. And I did that. And... 14 months went by. Patience is a virtue. Uh, I get a phone call from Spring Ford that says, we're ready. Are you ready? And I kind of said to myself, <laughs> ready for what? Right. But they did offer me the general manager position. So I did come to Spring Ford in 1994 during the construction phase. We reopened, uh, you know, opened a new section of the building for member dining and the previous section became banquets, and I spent 12 years here. Now, things you know can happen. Um, my philosophy is always agree, be able to agree to disagree, and when that kind of ends, maybe it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. So after 12 years, uh, I went to another club not too far from me uh, in Bluebell, Pennsylvania. It was called Meadowlands Country Club, and the reason I... Uh, opted to interview with them is I grew up in Northeast Philadelphia. I've lived in Collegeville, Pennsylvania for over 40 years. But Meadowlands uh, membership, I figured maybe a lot of them grew up in Northeast. Maybe they went to my high school. Maybe I have connections from being a band leader. And that was so true. It was a great experience uh, being there with that membership. That's super cool. Then... What happened is Meadowlands was actually sold. It's now called Bluestone. And I had no intentions of leaving. In September of 2015, my phone rings out of the blue. And it's the current president here at Springport Country Club. And he said, I have two questions for you. The first question, are you looking? I said, well, you probably heard through a mutual friend, it's all the connections, it's a very small world, that I interviewed at another club, but it was just too far away for me to commute. He says, yes, I heard about that. He said, second question, would you like to talk to me about coming back to Springford? And that was a head spin. So I said, wow, it's been <laughs> 10 years, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I asked a few questions, and I also said, is my old assistant, Rhonda, back at the club. He said, yeah, she came back in 2011. That was a big factor to me. Sure. I said, okay, what do you want to do? He says, I'll be at your house next Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. So I said, sure, come on over. Long story short, we spoke. I said, I'll get back to you tomorrow. I looked at my wife. I said, okay, two decisions here. I stay where I am. It's being sold. It's a little bit of uncertainty. Or go back home to a place that just needs a little more tender love and care. 
And that was an easy decision for me. So I always say, never burn a bridge. You just never know. And I've been back here since December 1st, 2015. That's that's a great a great lesson for everyone because it is like you said such a small industry you do never want to burn a bridge oh up, that's for sure. So what was the club like when you came back to it? What kind of shape was it in? Well, uh, well, you know, I think 2008 the recession hurt a lot of clubs, and you know maybe not the real big ones, but the medium sized ones, the smaller ones like us. And when I first walked back in, my first day. I literally thought I was in a Twilight Zone episode where you don't see something for 10 years, but not much has changed. <laughs> right. You go, what is going on here? But I was told immediately, don't worry about it. We just bought new pool furniture. We're redoing the dining rooms. We're redoing the ballroom. We're doing a lot of work on the golf course. And they have done everything they told me they were going to do, plus more. And we're still on an improvement uh, model here. Yeah, that's, that's and really everything cool. is increasing. Membership is increasing. Uh, the party business, the wedding business has come back. That was uh, in trouble. But everything has come back. And uh, again, it's happy Val. <laughs> Once again. That's that's awesome. So great lesson there. Never burn a bridge. Any other lessons that you'd give uh, other managers out there in similar positions as yourself? Well, you know, I had some great mentors uh, even before uh, coming into the club industry, uh, folks that I've worked for, uh, one guy said, don't sweat the small stuff, a great book to read. Uh, the other is, roll with an iron fist, but wear a silk glove. Don't yell at anybody. You know, you're working with kids, college kids, high school kids. You know, just, you know, tell them how to do the job right in a polite manner. Another thing that I did at the previous club, Meadowlands, which I put walkie-talkies with earpieces. We all look like the CIA. <laughs> On every front of the house person, servers, bartenders, food runners, and all management. That is a tremendous tool to elevate your service. And that was one of the first things I, I did when I came back to Springford. Nice. So I like that. I think that does give an air of professionalism because it just seems like the staff is working together when you see something like that. I see those in stores and other places. And um, it's, I don't think I've ever seen it in the club, but I think that's really unique. That's a great idea. Well, it's, it's fantastic. Because my office uh, is on the first floor. I can't see anything, but I hear everything. Right. I hear the communications of the staff, and it's basically they can always find me. And there's a joke. I said, hey, you can't run, you can't hide. Right. You know? Yeah. So, and the speed of communication, you know, if someone's across the room, it takes time to walk over there. You do that 10, 20 times a night, and uh, you just saved yourself a lot of time using a system like that. I like that a lot, Ira. That's oh, very cool. That's very oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate your time and coming on the show and sharing that story with us. I think it's a valuable lesson uh, that everyone needs to hear. So thank you so much, Ira, for being on Private Club Radio with me. Oh, my pleasure, Gabe, and thanks for uh, letting me partake in this uh, radio show. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> thanks, buddy. It's a simple lesson, but so very, very powerful. Thanks to Ira for sharing that story with us. I want to remind you to check out our partner, our new partner here on the show, Member Text. You can go to their website, membertext.net, and here's why you want to do that. If you've had trouble reaching your members or getting engagement from your members, 
this solution could be the answer. Membertext.net is all about getting your members notified immediately and getting instantaneous response from your membership. I'll give you an example of why this can be so important. Here in Tampa, Florida, where I live, for the last three weeks, it's rained just about every single day. and Not just a little rain, a ton of rain. And so our club has had to shut down the driving range on certain days. They've had to have the cart paths uh, 90 degrees. They've also had to have it cart path only on the course. And every single day they're sending us an email on that. And some days I open it, honestly, and some days I don't. And I think I'm not alone there. In general, email now gets about 20 to 30% open rates from your membership. And if you're looking to increase the open rate and the response rate, membertext.net provides that solution. Justin Bears, the founder, he's an all-around nice guy. In fact, I had him on the show last week, and I invite you to listen to his episode and see if their solution is right for you. It costs nothing to take a demo with Justin. And for a service that starts at $99 a month, it to me is a no-brainer. Check out membertext.net and communicate more effectively with your members. All right, without further ado, I'm going to bring on our next guest, Tara Waldron. And now it's time for Club Perspectives, presented by the National Club Association. I'm joined this month by Tara Waldron, who is the GM over at Greensboro Country Club, and she is the new board chair of the NCA. Tara, welcome to Private Club Radio. Gabe, thank you. Very, very honored to uh, have this conversation with you today. Thank you. Yeah, you're my Baltimore buddy. I guess first question I have for you is, give us some facts about the National Club Association. Just let us know what the organization's all about for people who aren't aware. Oh, be happy to. It, it, you know, I'm so proud to be associated and to be the, the uh, chairperson this year to represent NCA and work with such a fabulous board. Uh, NCA is the only organization that really actively lobbies in the U.S. Congress on behalf of private clubs. Uh, in addition to the lobbying uh, federal legislators, the uh, advocacy program includes defending private clubs their interest in a lot of the regulatory agencies, state houses, and the courthouses. The, uh, found, we were founded in 1961, and they've worked throughout the years to help clubs deal with uh, issues affecting them, mostly on taxation, public accommodation, uh, legislation, balancing the needs for privacy with the realities of outside business and to also help clubs find answers to, you know, the myriad of uh, issues that can affect the industry and our, and our future. It was formed, uh, as I mentioned, by a group of about a dozen clubs to fight the repeal for the 20% uh, percent, the federal excise tax on clubs and the initiation fee. And see, the same tax was reduced to 10% for other entertainment um, way back in 1960. But the club leaders at that time, the 12 that were uh, the, the group, um, I don't think they probably called them the Dirty Dozen, but <laughs> <laughs> they could have been, could have been as such, I'm sure, right. that uh, they helped uh, clubs that were unfairly targeted. And so in 61, Congress also seriously considered the elimination of dues deductibility, uh, which uh, they, uh, NCA was a key part. And NCA works predominantly mostly with um, 
private contributions. And so the founding NCA members lobbied the club industry and Congress, and they traveled and spoke throughout the uh, country. So by June of 65, uh, Congress repealed the excise tax on club fees, and the organization had grown to approximately 50 members at that time. And we can fast forward, and so now we've worked uh, in the 70s and the 80s, and as recently as 2018, uh, working to uh, the challenge of the dues and the meal expenses, which um, we all have had to deal with upon occasion. The uh, uh, NCA now is um, developed, and we have 400 members. Uh, of club members of some of the most prestigious clubs in the country. And uh, the 82% of the NCA club members are golf and country clubs. Uh, 9% of the club members are city clubs. 5% are uh, club members or yacht clubs. 3% club members are athletic clubs. And then we have the other percentage that are um, joined as uh, that 400. We have 16 corporate partners. We have 55 associate members representing leading industries and service providers that help all the clubs maintain and elevate our um, operations and also the services that we provide for the membership. So we work together to uh, have a partnership to provide the best resources in the industry. I think the one proud fact that the board can all rally around and many of the members are very pleased about is the uh, amount of periodicals that we produce. Uh, we have a club director that goes to the boards that uh, are comprised of our clubs. Uh, that's on a quarterly basis, the club trends, and that's in conjunction with McMahon Group that we have a great affiliation with. We have Club Business, which is brand new in the spring of 2019, and that was uh, working with Club Benchmarking to provide that uh, periodical. We have the weekly Washington update, and this is weekly when Congress is in session to keep our membership informed of what's happening up on Capitol Hill. Then we have the NCA agenda, which comes out monthly, and then the club industry brief, which is um, also available to non-members, and that goes out on a bi-weekly basis to keep everyone informed. And then we also have some additional publications, the uh, club director reference series. We have a board toolkit. We have strategic planning for private clubs and the all-important club governance standards. And then what we've concentrated on very heavily this year uh, for contributions and then also um, as we have brought on a, a new staff person, uh, Joe Trager, Vice President of Government Relations, uh, was with the Club Pack. And this is our political action committee that we financially support congressmen and senators um, that advance issues that are so private to the club industry. And it allows us to get to the table to hear about the concerns and all the um, the amount of money and how important these clubs are to the communities that they're in. Uh, that, I think, is a very good talking point that many do not realize how much contribution there is and, you know, for jobs and what a stability it is in these communities. 
And lastly, well, NCA's joined McMahon Group and Club Resort Magazine as a co-sponsor of the Excellent in Club Management Awards. Uh, it was founded by McMahon actually back in 1997. And this uh, recognizes um, a lot of the up-and-coming private club general managers, chief operating officers who've exhibited outstanding skills uh, within the industry and in managing their club. So this is just a, a wonderful organization. We have 18 persons on the board, but it's a diverse board comprised of uh, general managers, industry professionals, and club members. Um, actual club members, not just general managers. And it's about a $1.7 million nonprofit trade uh, association that's in Washington, D.C. with eight full-time employees. Yeah. Well, um, and now you are the new board chair, as we mentioned, and are you the uh, the first or the second female board chair for the NCA now? I'm the very first. Yeah. I'm pleased to say I'm, I'm the very first since 1961, yes. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's a, that, what, what's that honor feel like for you, Tara? Sometimes I think I'm speechless on it. Um, it's nice to be recognized just that someone who um, does a job well done. I've, I've never been uh, a feminist, if you will, to the umph degree by any means. I, I think it um, is just the acknowledgement of um, good work that was recognized, and it's such an honor to yeah. be that person that will head and and be at the helm for this year to uh, to work with all those wonderful board persons and clubs that uh, that we have such passion about yeah well I know that you're well regarded and esteemed throughout the industry because I know when I took a picture during the conference last year when you were getting uh, introduced as the new board chair I think that post had I don't know seven or eight thousand views and lots and lots <laughs> and lots of comments so uh, people were sharing it and, and saying so many nice things so People love you out there, which is great. Let's talk about the strategic plan of the NCA. What is the strategic direction you're looking to take the organization in this coming year? I think we've gone back. I don't want to say go back to our roots, but it's really, really defined because the um, association stands for advocacy, insight, and governance. And even to the degree that we have a picture of the Capitol in our logo, and so we're focusing on uh, club governance expertise, uh, the NCA brand, to improve the effectiveness of club boards. That's where many people struggle. I, I hear that all the time. And that's a slow, slow process in order to do that. But also that um, how these clubs, but how the rules and legislation uh affect the um, organizations that they may have no idea about. So going back to that, we want to be the preeminent advocate and resource for the club community. So we identified where we had some weaknesses um, and where we needed to concentrate our strengths and the strength of the board and those that are coming on to the board. So we're practicing what we preach, if you will, to say, we need someone who is strong in this competency. And that's that's how we're leading this organization to identify those that everybody has a contributing competency to give to this organization and to maximize that to the best of our ability. If there's a, a club out there and maybe considering joining the NCA or otherwise maybe getting involved, what would you tell that club and, and why is it so important to be part of the NCA? 
for the resources that are uh, available to them, when you start to have a, a resource and you can just um, go to your uh, website and, and pick up information um, and you can pick up the phone, uh, call National for information that they may need for a board meeting. Uh, the, the problems and issues are common. They're common because most of them are 501c7 or 277s and they have those same issues and many of them have been litigated in the past or they have an outcome or some people just don't know. So the, I think the resources that um, and the information and factual information that the uh, club provides to, to protect the um, to protect the club, uh, quite honestly, because today's world's a little more litigious, um, and you have these factors that go into it, and so you need to be aware, educated, and competent in your job, as well as your board of directors. Um, you know, many of your boards are board directors of um, for-profit entities, and they have some of that background, but they just don't have the pure information and factual information how, on how clubs differ from a governance point of view and how maybe decisions that they make could, could compromise the club, which would in turn compromise staff. Mm. And the members, of course. Right. I just love all the, um, you and you mentioned them, but the, the different publications they put out. I love getting the emails. It's uh, it's always really intriguing information. And I love the conference because it's always something different. Like I go to a lot of conferences in the club industry and the NCA conferences are always my favorite every year because of the, the, the speakers that they get from outside the club industry, from inside the club industry. The topics they cover are so unique. What did What were some of your highlights from this last conference, Tara? Oh my gracious! <laughs> uh, the the lecture and meeting retired Chief Justice Anthony Kennedy had to be the the all time highlight of uh, the conference now and probably for many years to come. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat that. Just to be in the actual Supreme Court and then have the reception in the courtyard with uh, Judge Justice Kennedy, but also the insight that he gave on how decisions are made and, and how they work as a team unified and how many um, things they need to look at per year and some more uh, after that, I guess, grassroots, if you will. But uh, that was so insightful and so um, enlightening that uh, you just went away in awe on um, a person of that caliber on how they are so serious about their job and how it affects um, the United States. Yeah. Well, I started geeking out about the Supreme Court myself because it was so exciting, I thought. And um, I've been going to the Supreme Court website, actually, and reading opinions and things now ever since uh, that day. That was so cool. Well, it is. I mean, it, it just, you know, there's these nine persons that can absolutely, you know, mold the um history and and um you know he he was there and he was approachable and um to talk on how they did it and he's so humble and he's so knowledgeable it was just he's an icon he really is he uh and to have that opportunity was um a once in a lifetime of those of you know of us that participated in that um some other great persons that we had also um Howard Milstein uh, the executive chairman from the Nicholas company um, very quiet demeanor, but on uh, their approach to things. 
the other person fascinating is clubs are transitioning so fast and we all talk about them being like a, a huge battleship that you have to, you know, it takes, you know, months, days, weeks, hours to turn. Um, it's the gathering spot. Uh, this new type of club that was launched in Atlanta by these young persons that now have diversified and are in several um, areas of the country in the um, more progressive areas. And then um, David Rubenstein from the Carlisle Group. So all these different perspectives, and many are members of our club. Um, they certainly are very well renowned in their own communities, but just how that perspective. And then uh, to have the radio and um, TV star Tucker Carlson from Fox News, who is just as you see him in person as he is on TV, uh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah, his daily routine is pretty interesting. He talks about how he wakes up, takes his dog to the park. Uh, I think he goes and has uh, – he writes his he writes his scripts and he does his thing and he, he mm-hmm. retires – Every evening to to his private club there in D.C. I forget which club he's he's a member of. Was it the um, Arts Club? Which one? Um, I thought which one he, I it? thought he said Metropolitan. Yeah, you might be right. I thought and, he said yeah because uh, he loved the salad. I remember saying <laughs> <laughs> also that for lunch he, it was kind of a quiet time and he would go yeah. and have a fantastic salad and then right. um, it, it was a recluse for him. Yes. Yeah. So that, it was cool. He was so entertaining. Dave Rubenstein, as you mentioned, extremely entertaining. So there's a good mix of like really great education plus that entertainment, which I thought was great. Ryan Wilson, you mentioned from the uh, gathering spot, he was on the show as well. And, and I, I do love that concept. It's something very unique in the club industry. So again, conference is so great every year just to get all these unique perspectives. The NCA is such a, a wonderful um, organization. It's an uh, organization for the club, for the club members, basically for the, um, for the board. I'm honored to be uh, the leader of the helm at this point in time. And uh, we expect great, uh, great things to happen up on Capitol Hill um, from some of our club pack and, just very honored, very honored and humbled to have the position, but to also uh, be able to share that with you today, Gabe. Yeah, well, we've got a great captain at the helm in you, Tara. So thanks so much for joining us here on Private Club Radio. Definitely want to uh, tell everyone to check out the National Club Association's website, which is nationalclub.org, and learn more about what the NCA can do for the club industry and for your club in particular. Tara, thank you so much for being on Private Club Radio's Club Perspectives with us this month. Gabe, thank you. It's my pleasure. To learn more about the National Club Association, please visit nationalclub.org. That's going to do it for this episode of Private Club Radio. Thanks to Ira and Tara for joining us here on the show. I hope to catch you back next week here. In the meantime, please do check out that YouTube channel of mine and please do hit subscribe. Like I said, that would mean so much to me. I'll catch you back here next week on Private Club Radio. And until then, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Concert Golf has the capital, expertise and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.